my group was me, Candice, and Mike. Um, and we discussed Dorcas. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a disciple of Christ who lived in um, Joppa. So that's the first question. The second one, um, she was always doing good in helping um, the poor. Uh, she also helped widows. And we said that this shows us that like God helps people who help others. Um, and he also helps them through uh, his disciples. So it's not just God himself you know, doing something, he does it through other people. And we see this in how when Dorcas died, uh, Peter and um, other disciples were not too far off. They were in Lydda. And so God actually, I'm sorry, so people asked them to come to help, like, do whatever they could to, like, revive um, Dorcas. And so this showed us that, like, when you dedicate your life to God, um, he also, like, rewards you and helps you and then the fourth question we said that this shows us how we should relate to god and that um we should allow him to work through us to help those who are underprivileged like dorcas did um especially uh like widows and the poor um because as we can see uh when god brought dorcas back to life um it also spread in the news of that also spread around Joppa, which helped a lot of people turn to the Lord. And so, um, yeah, just allowing God to work through us to help others really um, really has an impact and shows them the love of God through us. Um, and the last question, we said that this shows us how we should relate to other people because um, when we help those who are underprivileged and just others in general, um it shows them the love of god and it has an impact on them and if we look at like the verse 39 we saw that all the widows stood around and were crying um really just showing how much of an impact Dorcas had on them um and then we can see that when uh dorcas was brought back to life it turned a lot of people to the lord throughout Joppa, just seeing the power of god and so from that like seemingly small thing of just helping others um it not only shows people the love of god but points a lot of people to christ and so yeah Amen. thank you so much for that so that was darkest acts chapter 9 verse 36 to 43 thank you all right who would like to go next guys i can go next mm-hmm. oh yeah my group <laughs> So, our group um, focused on the Shunammite woman, and um, this was in, um, we were in Second Kings um, chapter 4, um, and so basically what happened was um, there is this, um, Elisha was going through a certain town um, of Shunem, and um, there's this woman who noticed that, you know, he was always passing through the town. She was like, okay, let me make a place for him to stay because he's always going through the, our town, you know, and he probably didn't really have anywhere to rest. So, you know, she was very hospitable to him and be, and she was consistently hospitable to him because he always had a place to go when he was in town. And so Elisha was like, um, you know, like, what what is something I can do for her um, to pay you know, to, to repay her for what she's done for me. And so, um, 
her his servant told him that she didn't have a son. Sorry. Sorry. Um, that she didn't have a son, and so um, Elisha basically said, a year um, later from now you'll have a son, and that's what happened. But um, a little bit after the son died, and because of that she went to go find Elisha, um, and was very, um, and yeah, it's just like, my son's died, and like, you know, you shouldn't have, like, gotten my hopes up and stuff like that, but, like, please come and, like, you know, take a look at my son, um, and so that's what he did, and, you know, he, um, basically did this, like, I don't, it was sort of like this process of, like, you know, basically putting warmth into the little boy's body, um, you know, his hands on his hand, his body on his body, and stuff like that, and he did that about two times, and, um, the boy came back to life, so, that was basically the summary. And for the questions, so who was this person? Um, she was, yeah, she was like, I believe, I don't think she was, um, it said that she was a notable woman. And in Cassandra's version, um, it seemed like she was also sort of like a woman of a certain status. So I don't think she was poor or anything like that. But yeah, she showed hospitality to Elisha and gave him a place to stay when she was passing through. And Elisha ended up giving her a son. Um, and what did what did she do? Um, yeah, she just basically showed hospitality to Elisha. And, um, and then, what do their actions teach us about God? Um, I guess this is sort of also tying into what did they do. So, going into more detail, um, one thing that really stood out was that um, when Elisha told her that a year from now she'd have a son, she said to him. Um, she said to Elisha to not mislead her um, because she really just couldn't believe it. Sort of how, like, um, you know, Abraham and Sarah didn't believe that they would have a child such in their old age was sort of like her as well. Um, and basically, um, yeah, so she said that, but it still happened. And one another thing that she did was that when her son died, um, she went she went by herself to find elisha and actually elisha's servant tried to push her away because she was like sort of like trying like to um touch like elisha's robes and stuff like that um but elisha was like no you know it seems like she's really going through something right now like let me what was she going through and um she was very persistent because elisha sent gehazi to go um basically heal the son but she was like no i'm not gonna leave until you come with me and so yeah she was very persistent in that um and what do their actions teach us about god so um so the fact that like she didn't um one thing the fact that she was very hesitant to believe that she would have a son um shows how like um sort of how faithful God is to us when we're like when we're doubting him um because like she knew that she was a man he was a man of God but like he was she was still like oh no like don't mislead me like it's not gonna happen um even though she knew like who Elisha was you know who Elisha was for um so yeah, basically God is so faithful to us even when we don't believe. And also she was very hospitable even, she, and then she didn't expect Elisha to like 
bless her with anything. She was just doing it because, you know, he was passing by and he needed a place to stay, um, even though he didn't ask. And so it just shows, like, how God blesses us when um, we don't really expect anything in return and we just do good just because, you know, it's the right thing to do. Um, and what do their actions reveal to us about how we should relate to God? Um, God, it shows us that, you know, God never lets us down, even when we think he is. Um, and that, you know, God always keeps his promises that he'll never mislead us. Um, so yeah, I obviously went over that a little bit in the other ones. And what do their actions reveal um, about how we should relate to others? It shows that, you know, on the service, you know, we should be more hospitable to others, show love to more people, or show more love to people, even when we don't expect anything back or any benefit to us, or even if it is, even if it's at an inconvenience to us, and that we should um, also find a place in our heart to forgive, even when people like hurt us in some type of way, because um, I'm sure that you know, she felt some type of way when, um, like, uh, Elisha gave her a son, or, like, when the, she had a son, but then he died, like, so soon after. Um, and then also that we should be persistent um, in doing good things, and that also ties into, like, you know, keeping faith, you know, be persistent in our faith, because she was persistent in getting Elisha, Elisha to help her, so, um, yeah. That was good. Thank you so much. That, that's wonderful. So that was the Shunammite woman in Second Kings chapter four, verse eight to thirty-seven. So you guys note that down in case you want to go back. I encourage you to go back and read through that. Okay, wonderful, wonderful story. Um, who would like to go next? I'll go. Okay, Spencer, go ahead. So the person me and Brent got were um, Lewis and Ennis, and what they were were um, hey, Lewis and Ennis, Eunice, I mean, sorry. Okay. Yeah, and then what they were were the grandmother and grand and mother of Timothy. And then what the, the actions taught us about God is that that he'll, he treats everyone equally and doesn't want that you should always honor like your mother and father or even your grandparents about the word of God and just. Um, maybe like emulate what they do in life and just follow, follow them. Just make sure that they are the ones that are guiding you in life. Cause without them, I don't know what you'll do with them. And then for like, what are they, what are their actions revealed to us about how we should relate to God is that God, he wants us to just follow the Bible and follow him in our life and how, whatever comes out of the Bible, we should like incorporate that into our lives and not, and always follow what he does and what is good and what is bad so we can just so we can follow him to the promised land and then what our actions reveal about how we should raise others is that we all have like role, um people we look up to like our parents and grandparents and that we all always like we're always growing up into like the same category of just learning about god and following the scripture which learning about life advice also amen thank you so much Spencer, for that so you had lois and eunice from second timothy chapter one verse five it's a very short verse but we see so much about how timothy became who he who, who he was right for those of you guys that don't know timothy pretty much became like 
Paul's protege, right? And there's a whole book, First Timothy, Second Timothy. This Timothy's mother um, and grandmother were Lois and Eunice. So I think it's interesting to see that Paul gives thanks for their lives in teaching Timothy to become who he was. The same way your parents teach you and your family members teach you as well. So um, I felt it was important to, to give some credit where credit is due for Lois and Eunice there. Um, who, who would like to go next? I would. Um, so we had Anna and, sorry. Yeah, we had Anna and our first was from Luke 2, 36 to 38. And basically it's about how, you know, Anna is a prophet. So that basically answers the problem. She's a prophet and um, she was really old and she lived with her husband, but he died. So now she's a widow. Um, and she basically stayed with God for a long time, basically. Um, but yeah, so um, number two was what did they do on the, with the prophets? Basically, she prophesied Jesus, but um, also she did stay with God for um, She stayed with God at the temple, praying and fasting, doing all those um, um, what do their actions teach us about God? Uh, it basically it teaches us to have faith and uh, listen to God. Because um, honest, instead of like crying about how you know, like that her husband died and you know neglecting God, she um, went to Him and fasted, prayed, and all those things. Um, Number four is what did their action reveal to us about how we should relate to God? Number four, um, it shows us that Anna was able to put time aside and pray um, day and night to God. Um, so we should also put time aside, pray, and give thanks to um, God. And lastly, number five um, is what did they actually reveal about how we should relate to others? And Anna prayed for uh, went and looked for people um, who wanted to get redemption um, from God in Jerusalem. So she just, so basically she paid for others around her. And that's what we should do. Amen. Thank you. So she was interceding for the saints and we should do as well in the temple day and night. I love Anna so much. Thank you for sharing that. Who would like to go next? We had, we're down to our last two. I can go. Sure, Nikki, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, we read, uh, Mark 12, 41 to 44, uh, and, um, basically it's, it's, it's about how, uh, this, this, this widow, uh, uh, puts in all her, uh, life savings, like everything that she, uh, has, it's the offering bowl, but other people, like, wealthy people put in like 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 large amounts of money but but to god her her, her offering is worth more because that's uh everything that she that she has and god like sees the value in that uh and for our questions okay um uh what god's uh what our action teaches what her action teaches us about God is that God um, 
God, God uh, cares more about the value of things uh, rather than like how much it, it's it's worth. Like, um, and and not necessarily just with like money, but like with everything that you like do in life, God cares more about like, 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 like the value rather than how much it's uh, worth. And uh, and for number four, what do their actions reveal to us about how we should relate to God? Uh, uh, for that one, we kind of didn't really have an answer to that because we kind of got a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, for number five, what do their actions reveal us about how we should relate to others? And well, and it basically means that whenever like your friend or like somebody has like some something that they're really passionate in, rather than just like put like a small amount of how of, of care in, into it to just take get their their backs off you, try like putting like everything you have and to helping them because it's 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 really worth like the good result in the end basically. So that's basically what we said. Thank you so much, Nikki. That was wonderful. God bless you. That was really good. Um, I can chime in to help you with number four. What are the actions revealed to us about how we should relate to God? And that's really, um, in in a sense, what I would say there to put to put our trust to God in God and give our all to God, right? Give God our best, right? Give God our best. Leave the rest to Him, right? Give Give God our best. Um, in our giving, specifically in this situation, when you guys start making some money, or even when your time right now, like give God your best. And this poor widow gave everything that she had, and she left it all on the floor, right? She left it all on the table, and as a result of that, God blessed her and God rewarded her faithfulness. So, when we go to God, give God everything, not a little piece of you, all of you is what. Um, the, the poor widow's actions from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, teaches us about how we should relate to God. Okay, and then we have one more, um, which is Rahab. Who would like to talk us through that one? I think, Pat, that was your group, um, you and Leslie. Oh, Pat can talk about it if she wants. Or... Oh, wh- wh- whoever wants to chat about it. I was just calling out you, you guys' group. Okay, Pat, did you wanna? Oh, you're good. Okay. Um, so my group, we talked, we read about um, the story about rehab and um, um, so basically, so Rahab and the spies and um, Rahab was a prostitute. Uh, she was somebody um, who, you know, kind of like lived a lifestyle where um, she wasn't just, you know, set with one person, but, you know, she would sleep around with multiple people, I guess, um, for money. Um, and so in this story uh, with the walls of Jericho and everything, um, uh, so basically in the story, um, the king of Jericho um he was told that some of the Israelites, you know, they, they have they have some spies in the land, and he ordered um, Rahab to let them to let him know, you know, who they were, and um, and like you know, for him to give, um, for her to give 
uh, them their whereabouts. And um, as Rahab in the story, she meets them and they go to her door and they they kind of just like are seeking asylum. They're seeking just a place to hide. And Rahab just invites them and she keeps them hidden, you know, for like a good time. I think about for a night or a night, like in a half. Um, uh, let me look at the questions that were... Kevin, what what were the questions? Yeah, so you answered who is this person and pretty much what do they do. The other question is, okay. what, do, what, what do their actions teach us about God? I'll put it back in the chat group here if you need. Okay, thank you. So Rahab's actions, what it teaches us about God is that... Um, that God doesn't show favoritism, you know, and the way that we have our own worldly standards are not standards of God. You know, like when you're reading the story, um, you would have a question to ask, oh, you know, why is a prostitute like Rahab, you know, why is she helping them? Why, why, why is she, um, oh, oh, thank you. Why, why is she, um, you know, in being in this like pivotal you know point of the story um and so what it shows us is that god can use anyone he can use absolutely anybody to carry out his will and his purpose and you can even see that through paul you know who he murdered like all of those christians and like even some of the people in, in that story were, were like oh who is he to be you know proclaiming god's word you know look, look at what he's done you know, those were human standards that we, you know, that they were judging um, people on. And so when we look at Rahab, we see that God can, have, can use absolutely anybody to carry out his will. And so, you know, if you feel like you're, you're, you're to this or to that, or you're not able to be used by God, you know that you can, because God, you know, there's nothing we can do to limit God. You know, God can do absolutely anything, you know, and so... We just need to understand that, and um, yeah. Cool, and then the other two were, what are their actions revealed to us about how we should relate to God, and then how we should relate to others? What's the last one? Okay, um, so how we should relate to God um, is uh, when you look in the story, Rahab was actually like, she knew who God was. She had faith. She was telling the spies, she was like, look, like, I know who your God is. Like, we are literally like trembling, you know, like, we know who your God is. We know what he's done for you. And so um, despite who she was, she still, the most important thing was that she still like, she had that faith and she knew who God was and she understood that. You know, and so I'm pretty sure that was, you know, at a more higher pedestal than her being a prostitute. You know, unfortunately she was, but at least she recognized who God was. Because there's some people who have perfect records, but they don't really know who God is. They don't, they lack that faith. And so um, how we can relate to God is that, um, you know, yes, we're not perfect. We make mistakes and that's inevitable. You know, like we are who we are. But we need to have that conscious awareness that when we go to God, you know, that we're not, you know, you know, like we shouldn't always just feel that condemnation, but we can go to God and, you know, with our, with who we are, with our baggage, knowing that he will, he won't shy away from us. 
he won't turn us down. He won't forsake us, but we can go to him um, knowing, you know, the things that we lack and our struggles mm-hmm. and knowing that God is okay with that because he will use us no matter. Amen. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. God bless you all. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I certainly did and learning about all these different folks. And there's a theme that goes around through all of them, right? And that theme, I think, is faith, right? Across the Shunammite woman, Dorcas, Anna, Priscilla, all of them, I think the theme is faith. But when you dig down a little bit more, um, I'll give us just a quick rundown of all of them, and then we will close out for today. Um, big thing with the Shunammite woman, right? Just teaching us kindness and generosity, that we are to be kind and generous with the resources that we have um, and have deep faith as well in the latter half that as you had mentioned um, so that was from second kings chapter 4 verse 8 to 7 jot that down so you can go back to it um, then you know from Dorcas we learn from Acts chapter 9 verse 36 to 43 that we are to tend to the needs of you know the less fortunate like you were saying okay perfectly um, especially widows and orphans guys there's there's some there's a blessing when you just bless those who are less fortunate like widows orphans foreigners right when you're kind to those individuals god those people are close to god's heart trust me so you know a little secret as to how to (laughs) um just be a blessing unto other people those are some individuals that you can look out for and and bless and then anna um, from luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 38 we were to learn to, to delight in god despite our circumstances like you had mentioned she lost her husband so quick so early but she just went into God's house and just kept on worshiping. When we lose something, what do we do, right? We walk away and we run away from God. But instead, we want to be encouraged by Anna's um, Anna's actions here and to, to delight in God. And then Priscilla, as Stacy, you met you, you walked us through from Acts chapter eighteen, verse twenty-six. Um, we learn there that we are to teach one another, right? Teaching and fellowship. When they went, they got together and they helped Apollos pretty much steer him in the, in the right in, in the right direction right Apollos was a new believer Priscilla and Aquila were you know older believers and they were able to help t- teach so we learned from her that we are to teach one another help one another I'm learning from you guys as you guys learning from me um, and then Rahab as you had mentioned we learn pretty much that God can use anybody and he really can just like you said he was Paul as well um, and that God also uses people to protect his people um, and then for the, from the poor widow, the main thing there, we learn giving, right? Give God your all, whether it be money, whether it be your time, give God your all. And then lastly, from Lois and Eunice, from um, Rahab was from Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 to 24. The poor widow from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. And then Lois and Eunice was the last one from Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. We learn their teaching family um, about God. Um, this is really big, guys. There's a, like, when you, like, the Bible teaches us, you know, train up a child in the way that they should go, and then when they grow up, they will not depart from it. Now, obviously, that's a generalization, because some people grow up and they do depart from it, right? But do what the Word of God is teaching us here, and teach your people, teach your friends, teach your family members um, in the way that they should grow. When I look back on my family, and I look back on my life, and I see what my grandma did. Guys, I come from Ghana. When I saw I come from Ghana, like, I was born in Ghana, right? And I see... Um, pretty much the life that they used to live before during my grandmother's time when we had a lot of witches we had a lot of idol worship we had a lot of warlocks and all those other things very, very spiritual demonic things that were going on at the time and that's what I come from right and 
my grandmother faithfully was able to walk with the Lord, thanks be to God, and was able to establish a church and all these other things. So I look at her and then I look at my mom and then I look at me and like, I'm a product of that, right? And you see what, what was going on there. So that's why I added Lois and Eunice in this because family and teaching one another about God and in fellowship is, is so, so important, you know? Ultimately, God is the one who does his work. And I'm not saying that if you come from a family where nobody knows God and you're the first one, you can be the one to break that chain, right? You can be the one to teach your kids and your loved ones about God um, and, and also spread the gospel through them, right? But because of that one thing that my grandma did, giving her life to Jesus generations and generations um, to this day, she didn't know what I'd be doing right now. She passed away. She didn't know I would be here doing this. Um, so imagine what somebody that you don't even know that will come from you and be your family member will be doing for the kingdom of God someday. Amen. So with that, I hope you guys found this all wonderful. And I said that, you know, the reason why we, we did this here today, I wanted to give you guys an idea. I wanted you guys to see that, that women are precious. Women are wonderful. Women, we appreciate you guys. Um, and on top of that, right, you guys are, are, are equal to men, different in roles. I always say that, but equal in the eyes of God. We're both made in the image of God. And a lot of times when we read the Bible, we see a lot of things that were being done by men, Elijah, Elisha, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all those folks, right? But I do wanted to, I wanted to show and shed some light that the Bible is, it is very um, telling as well of wonderful things that women did to contribute to the kingdom of God. So don't think that if I'm a man, if you're, if you're not a man, like you can't contribute to God's kingdom. You are equally as important. You are equally as loved by God. And you are equally as needed in the kingdom of God to be worked for him, right? There are things that you can do in your own position and in what you have as a woman to bring glory to God, right? That is just as important as what a man can do as well. Now, we're in different roles. And maybe someday we'll talk about what those roles are and what exactly that means. But know surely that you are loved by God and you're created in his image. So love the Lord and know that he loves you just as equally as he loves all the men that we have on this line as well. So with that, um, I will close this out in prayer unless there's any last minute thoughts and any of the things that I've been saying. Um, if not, let me pray this out and close. Okay? God willing, I don't know who the, what, who the next character will be next week, but um, hopefully that will be an interesting um, discussion as well. So let's go ahead and pray, guys. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just allowing us to spend this time to be able to learn about the women in the word, um, to be encouraged by all the wonderful things that they did for your kingdom. God, we pray that you help us to be able to be, to be able to do the similar good works that they did, but not necessarily to be like them because they are also sinful people, but then you, you that they, but the things that they did, Lord God, the good things, they point us to your son and your perfect son in the, in the works that he did. God, if anybody doesn't know you on this line, I pray that they give their life over to you, that they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and they see that I too want to be able to do these things that these folks did, to be kind, to be loving. But it's hard for us to do, it's hard for me to do, Lord, when we've not accepted Jesus and we don't have faith in Christ, to truly do it in a way that is honoring and brings you glory. So God, I pray that for them in this day. I pray that for everybody on this line that doesn't know you, Lord God. Help them. For those that do know you, Lord, give them the boldness. Make them like Anna, Lord God. 
make them like Dorcas, make them like Lois and Eunice, Lord God. Give them the generosity of the Shunammite woman. And most importantly, make them more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. God, we love you. We thank you so much for all you do. Protect us. Care for us as we leave this place. Help us each and every single day of our lives. God, bring us back to this place once more. May we fellowship with you. Father God, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer, in whom we trust. Let the church say, Amen.